Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just going to keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this great episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Once again, I am joined with friends. And I'm just going ahead and say, as this show is co-booked by the one and only Amber Rodriguez. Once again, and you know what? Because of that, I'm going to let her do the opening intro as well as introduce everybody on this panel and to let you know what we're talking about today. Here, Amber. Man, I'm so over. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I'm really excited for, to. well, I don't know, just kind of like test drive this whole producer thing. And I'm really feeling it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to test this out because I really like it. As, um, as Blake would say in the booking room, don't mess up. Oh, well, I mean, this is my show now, pretty much. So you can just take the back seat. I took over. But no, um, so we've already discussed systematic racism in pro wrestling and uh, racial profiling, racial discrimination. We've already discussed sexual harassment. Now we want to get it from a promoter's perspective. And shout out to Agent Bliss, who's with us today from Valor Pro. Um, he actually gave me this idea. He commented on the post. He was like, it'll be really interesting to get a promoter's perspective. And I was like, man, like, we do need to hear that. So with that being said, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. Liz, I kind of started you off, but go ahead. All right. Uh, my name is Adrian Bliss. Uh, my shoot name is Artemis Walls. I'll have a problem putting that out there. Uh, I've been in the business uh, off and on since 1991. You do the math on my age. Um, I, I started out as a wrestler, of course. Uh, I, I still wrestle, but I also have booked for different companies. Um, I, I still help different companies, and I run Valor for Wrestling for the last 10 years. So, and I'm a father and uh, a troublemaker. That's pretty much me. <laughs> All right, Blake. What's up, y'all? This is Blake T, also known as Blizz. Um, I've been in this business for way too long, um, and I've done everything you could think of backstage. Photographer, music, talent scout, booker, writer, producer, agent, a portrait, and a pear tree. <laughs> All right, let's go to Glenn. Hey, Glenn Thomas. Um, been in the wrestling business for a while, helped put on shows uh, here in Virginia. Also been a commentator, also been uh, different things uh, in the world of professional wrestling with independent or independent organizations throughout Virginia. I'm just happy to be here. And uh, Amber, you're doing a good job. You know, Brian should make you as a co-host. I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I got to introduce myself. Brian yeah. H. Waters here. Um, 
obviously you guys know host of the wrestling round co-host co-founder co-owner co-ceo with the real Dwayne allen but also i've had the honor and pleasure of working in the world of professional wrestling work uh, the first time i joined the business when i worked at rcw real championship wrestling right here in baltimore maryland uh where i worked with this guy named blizz and because of that working relationship which developed into one of the best friendships i have to this day or as um which is the boxer would say to this day it would lead <laughs> us to wsu up in new jersey and then that other promotion the um the baby stepbrother promotion that's there combat zone crappy zone wrestling um you know, I did a little bit of stuff with them, but WSU was where it was, was up my heart. And, you know, I had a great opportunity to build great relationships with the women's athletes that was part of that promotion. So um, the only thing missed was that Amber was out in the military, so she wasn't there. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I'm very excited to get back on this platform and continue to have the conversations that need to be had. So I, I like the awkward sign, silence <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah, no, I guess that was Amber telling me, uh, take it back over. So, yeah, I told you. I know, I know, I got it, I got it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, Amber, I'm actually going to start with you because you was not here, as we all know, your phone decided to leave uh, oh the earth God. on that day. <laughs> She um, no showed the booking, brother. Right. <laughs> well, now you guys can say Brittany no showed <laughs> twice. <laughs> but uh, I, love you, <laughs> I, I, I mean, clearly you do. You rock in the Elevate shirt. Such a yes. great promotion, by the way. But yes. um, I want you to talk about the racism in professional wrestling. Um, you know, just kind of go back there because. I know that is a huge passion of yours. So I just kind of want you to, you know, go back on there and then, you know, um, you know, we'll go around. So I've been fortunate enough to not have experienced as traumatizing of a situation as some of my peers, but I can't tell you how many times I've been passed up, looked over, um, because of my race or when I do get booked because of my race, like so many times I've heard, oh, you're just so exotic looking. You're so ethnic. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> or, oh, oh, so you're, you're black and Latin? Like, you know what I mean? Like they're ordering cheesecake and it's like, dude, like book me for my talent, book me for who I am, you know, but unfortunately I just feel like it'll be a long day before before we see that happening um and then another thing with black women in the business this is a touchy subject for some people but I'm gonna go there um a lot of people feel like there can only be one of us at a time and that's so unfortunate because we can make magic when we get together we can make some real black girl magic and it's just unfortunate to go to shows and I'm like either the only black girl in the locker room or if I'm lucky there's like one other you know or you know there's some other Latina girls there but 
a lot of people are quick to say, oh, well, there's not that many of you. There's plenty of us. Like, you need to book more of us. And you need to book us for characters other than stereotypes. But I'm going to let some of you guys speak. <laughs> All right, let's hear it from the promoters first and then go to the bookers. I mean, you do see that. You do see um, a lot of... Um, you know, I should go back to the history of it. Back in the day, in the 50s, 60s, there used to be just one African-American in the territory. I know we talked about that on the last show. There used to be just one. You wouldn't very rarely see Abdullah the Butcher and Kamala in the same territory. Junkyard Dog and some of those guys, they only had one uh, in the territory. Uh, you know, with being African-American women, they shouldn't just be one. They should be multiple because you have multiple Caucasian women on the roster who look alike with the blonde hair, the blue eyes, and everybody <laughs> look, look the same character. Um, when you're booking shows, you, you do want diversity, especially where you're at, where you're located at in your, your area. Um, you want to have diversity because anyone comes to the show. I know the shows that we have, I'm by our army base. And so our shows have to be diverse because we want crowds from everybody, everywhere to come through. Uh, when we do the poster, we want poster where it shows something for everybody to come in to enjoy. Um, you know, I hate to say it this way, but, you know, I want the, I want the stands filled. I don't care who comes to the show. It doesn't matter. Grace, color, green, sexuality, whatever. I want the stands filled and I want them to pay, buy popcorn and soda. And we have a great day at the end of the day, you know? And so that's, when you booking shows, you got to be able to have, or when you promoting shows, you got to have everybody, somebody on the card for everybody that's in your demographic. And I don't think a lot of research is done by promoters. They just want to book shows and pick, pick, pick venues and just want whoever comes. But you do have to do some research. Yeah, definitely. I only book, I only book, um, I do my own booking, okay, um, and promotion. Uh, I, I put one women's match on a show. It's just what I do. Um, but I also spotlight everyone. Like, I run in seasons. So uh, everyone shines. Every single match shines. Amber will tell you, when she comes to my, my venue, she's going to shine that night. You know, the people are going to already know who she is. Um, she may not be wrestling a white girl just because she's a, a woman of color. You know, she could, she could show up and wrestle Nyla Rose. She could show up and wrestle anyone. You know what I mean? It could be anyone. But um, as far as, like, my show, my shows have, my shows are more diverse than even color, you know. Like it's, uh, I look, I look at my roster and I say, hey, um, I have the young white guy that all the little white teeny boppers is gonna like, and then I have the brother that all the the brothers is gonna like and the sisters. But then I'm gonna have the hometown hero. He could be black or white. You don't know what he. He might be Spanish. You don't know what he's gonna be. You know what I mean? And I might have a goat and a tiger because I got a bunch of kids on kids that are going to be there. So when I look down my list of who I'm going to book, it, it's, it's, it's not clear cut. You know what I mean? But when I'm looking at women, when I'm looking at women to book, I need a woman that's going to come in and tear it up because it's only going to be one woman's match on that show. So I got to ask you this, um, why only one, especially now in this day and age where women's wrestling is uh, gaining a lot of momentum and getting the credibility and respect where women are being treated far as athletes rather than their assets. Why still only one women's show on your um, card? Because, one women's at, the, card. 
because at the time there there wasn't as many. And and we're actually blessed to have this many women. And mind you, it's hard sometimes at well at the time, it was hard to get a woman on your show because they were doing other things. Because WSU, there was times when I couldn't even find one female to wrestle on my show because WSU had all the women. Had all the decent workers. I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about WSU. I thought it was awesome that they had that platform to go and work. You know what I mean? So it's just a, it's just the way I do things. Now there's times when I had more than one woman's match, but most of the time I had one woman's match. I have one woman's match, I have two tag team matches, and the rest are singles matches. That's how I do it. And everyone shines on that show. Everyone gets everyone has the opportunity to send me a promo and I will post it and I will push it to the moon. You know what I mean? There's some people that don't take advantage of that, of course. But there's people that do, and there's people that benefit from it. Because, you know, we didn't have the internet when we first started. You know? You guys are very blessed now to have the internet and to be able to touch as many people as you can touch. Before, we were putting up posters with just the names of the people that were going to be on the show on there. No pictures or anything. You know, a lot of the young talent isn't stepping up and doing more things to get themselves out, out there. But a lot of them are. Amber is one of them. Amber is, is amazing at what she does. I met her, what, 15, 16 years old? Yeah. We go way back. <laughs> way back. Way back. She's brought, she's brought some superstars through my building herself mm-hmm. that are superstars now that, and begged me to put them on. She wrestled them, matter of fact. You know what I mean? Patrick. You wrestled Patrick at my show because the girl you were supposed to wrestle didn't show up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you that's one thing about you that I appreciate. Like, he does get creative. Bliss gets very creative. Like, he'll have, yeah, one women's match, but there'll also be an intergender match on the show, too. So right. there's a lot of versatility there. So it's not just two women being booked. All no. the time. Okay. Right. And it's not and it's not just a women's match. Like it means something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there should be a there should be a bio, there should be a story of even even if this is the first time they've ever been there. You know, you can go and say how they were here and there and what they did, what their accomplishments were in other places, and now they're gonna come and meet in my ring mm-hmm. to see who is the best. Okay. You know? Yeah. That's uh- what that's what people want. Yeah, that's what they no, um Blake, go ahead. Um we we mentioned this on the last show. You and I met and that was one of the things I immediately learned. And if anybody says they know uh Blizz or Blake Thomas and they don't know that he's passionate about women's wrestling, then quite frankly, they don't know him. Um we talked about the internet he talked about the internet. We talked about being able to find talent. And I know you and I have discuss talent as far as booking uh, WSU and you would, you know, tell me about if I saw somebody and I would, you know, send them to you. You just talk about that and, you know, just uh, in general. I mean, yeah, when I first started in booking, I mean, we didn't have the internet. I mean, we did have the internet, but I mean, it was the MySpace era. So a lot of stuff was, you know, watching Shimmer, you know, and really studying what was going on in places like Shimmer and, and, and trying to figure out who. Now, the blessing that we had was, you know, 
we had people like Ruckus and, and, and Derek Frazier and like Rhett Titus and Cesaro who could help us, you know, and, and, you know, I already knew about the Daisy Hayes and the Sarah Del Rey's of the world. So it was easy to introduce them into Baltimore. Uh, and with WSU, I mean, as Brian said with me, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't always about, it's this, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, we got to get this person and that person. If you were the best in the ring and you were the best in the mind, if you had the best work rate, that's what I wanted. You know, if you were a team player, that's what I wanted. If you could think about putting this company over, putting your, your sisters over and the people that's believing in you over so we can all win, that's how I looked at it. Now, I have been in, you know, locker rooms, whether I worked in them or just visiting or going with a friend to a show, uh, going with a worker to a show. I have been in locker rooms where, you know, I've, I've heard people say racial things. And, you know, and it's like, oh, well, he's old school. Like, yeah, hey, it doesn't mean he should say it. And I've been in locker rooms where you had owners that's been like, well, I already have a talented black guy. What separates you from the other black guy? You're just a black guy. Like, I've, I've heard these things about men and women. It's like I said on, on the last show that we did. You know, it's been times where, where you know, it's been promoters that's been like, you know, oh, we got to bring her in because, you know, she's hot and she has a big ass. Like, that's not right. You know, I want to bring in people that are talented. Like, oh, who cares? Like, you still get people to have that mentality of, oh, well, we need to bring in who's hot. Like, well, can they wrestle? It doesn't matter if they can wrestle. They're hot. Why? We need to bring in talent. If you work with me, I want talent because I don't put my name on anything that's not going to give me back 100%. Because I'm, if I'm giving you 100% of me, I expect 100% of you so we can all get 100% of the best in the ring, in the business, in the company, from the crowd, because we're giving back to the people that are investing in us. So from a booker standpoint, that's how I looked at it. Race and all that, you know, me personally, I ain't going to look at race. I'm going to look at it and says, who wants this? Who wants this? Who wants to make this the best? Who wants to make the best out of the opportunities? And who wants to give it 100%? As long as you give me 100%, I will invest in you. You will get your shot as long as you can invest in yourself and we can invest in this together. Let's move on. Um, we got to talk about it. As we record this Thursday, 10 o'clock, June 18th, the internet blew up today. And I'm proud that the internet blew up today. Uh, a lot of people speaking out, and that's been the hashtag, speaking out. Uh, it technically blew up yesterday, though. Uh, technically. It technically blew up yesterday. No, yeah. you're right, it did. But um, And these, the, the beauty is that it's kept going, and this needs to keep going. Um, we see a lot of people speaking out against sexual harassment, and I'm proud to say that we kept a conversation going in the midst of a pan two pandemics. We did not let this get lost. And I want to bring on Glenn and, you know, get your take on a lot of things that's going on. We have a lot of women speaking up. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Y'all don't have to say it. Uh, people like David Starr, uh, Jimmy Havoc, uh, Dave Chris, all these names are being named. Jim Cornette, I've seen his name. I've seen Joey Ryan's name. Um, and it's one of these things where these women are not being quiet anymore, even though they have, they're putting themselves at risk for retaliation. 
Glenn. I mean, it's about time. You think, it, look at every other industry. It hit the media industry, it hit sporting industry. Why not hit the wrestling industry? Um, people would treat your wrestling women back then. If you go back to history again, they used to bring women into territories just so they can be, you know, have them on the car so they can have sex with them on, in areas. So if you go back to the history of women professional women, women professional women wrestlers, um, that's how some women got on a car. Women got on a car. They would bring them in just so the guys would have somebody to mess with or look at. Um, you know, we all heard a story of Moolah. Uh, whether it's true or not, there've been a lot of stories out there that she was the um, she was the mistress for a lot of people. You know, one of the stories I like is Sweet Georgia Brown. I read that story years ago before it became big, and people did a documentary on it and how she was running things. We talked to Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon would say that when she was younger, uh, uh, Moolah would have men to come in there and look at her and take pictures of her and stuff like that. So when you look at the wrestling business as a whole, uh, women were side acts. And so, therefore, they treated women as if they were the side act. Same thing as African-Americans. They were their attractions. They treated them as attractions. Every woman who comes out now, I applaud them. You know, I applaud their story. And, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit before we got on air. If one woman come out, believe her, but if five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven women start saying the same thing about the same person, I'm sorry. You can't get that many people to agree on the same story. You can't <laughs> it, get it that really, many people it, to agree on what to eat. It, what to eat, right. So you that has to be true in some state, some form, in some fashion. So, again, these guys who have done it, if you, you know, done it to these females, I feel sorry for the females. I hope they get healed. Um, because it is a traumatic experience. There's a lot of emotional stuff that people have to go through. Uh, and then you have women who are in relationships and their husbands and their boyfriends in relationships are not good because of traumatic experiences they dealt with in wrestling. And they have not been able to build that relationship. And they haven't told anybody. You know, just imagine having a secret and you ain't telling anybody. That's eating you alive every day and you dealing with it and you talking to people about it. And you hear other stories, but you don't want to share yours because you are ashamed and you really didn't do anything wrong. I know. And you're in a men's world and because you're scared of the booking that you may not get, you know, you're scared that, you know what, if I say something, I won't get booked. If I, if I say something, they're not going to promote me. They're not going to push me. I'm, I'm happy for people to come out, change the wrestling business. Why the world is changing, change the business from women being sexually abused, sexually assaulted, uh, being grabbed at and looked at and, and felt up just so they can get a booking. And if you're a woman out there and you've been that way, go ahead and speak your voice and, say, and, sh and share your story and get the help and the healing that you need. So it doesn't happen to somebody else. Adrian, you wasn't on the last episode. I want you to touch on this. The locker room is just as guilty as the people's names that you said. Because if there's other workers in the locker room that knew this stuff was going on, they should have said something about it. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen and people don't know it's happening. You know? Um... I'll be quick to be, I, I, I'm quick to be like, the hell with wrestling. I don't care about wrestling. When it comes down to real life, you know, you're not going to wrestle forever, but you can be scarred forever. Is wrestling worth going through some type of traumatic situation like that? I mean, I love wrestling to death, but I would never want my daughter to go through anything like that ever to be a star and, and, you know, I, I, I haven't heard any of this stuff. You guys were kind of schooling me before we, we uh, began this. So I don't know if these ladies, what level these ladies are, whether these ladies are on the national level 
or rather they're on the on the local level. On the local level, on the local level, even makes it worse. You're going through this for for a hot dog and a handshake. That's sad. And if that's the business, you need to just leave it alone. I'm willing to walk away if that would ruin my life. And I've put in a lot of years, but I'd walk away. It's unacceptable, and I think these people should be called out on anything that they've done. And if if it besmirches their legacy, then it just does. You know, there's people that don't walk this earth anymore. There's there's a couple guys that I have known personally, personally one that was he was terrible in the locker room. He was terrible uh, with racial slurs and, and and innuendos. He was he was terrible with females. I'm not going to say his name because I probably had to delete my Facebook after I said his name. But people know exactly who he is. I got rid of him. I got rid of him. But, you know, there's people that feel as though this guy was in our business was like God. And they were willing to let this guy destroy what the rest of us built. Because they felt as though this guy has done so much in our business. Ladies, have more, have more. I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound negative with like ladies, have more respect for yourselves. And, but, but hey, listen, you have respect for yourself. We all, it's, it's, it's within us all. So step out of that box. Don't let these men ruin your lives. Don't do it. It's it's sad, man. I, I'm so I'm so bad with like Twitter and Instagram. I, I can only master one thing at a time. So unless someone brings it to Facebook, I probably won't see any of it. But oh, it's coming. You know, oh, I, I bet you it is, and I can't wait for it to come too, because you know I feel like I feel as though these guys need to be need to be put out there on Front Street, man. That's a sad situation, man. It's, it's sad. It's definitely a sad situation, Blake. Um. You, I, I mentioned on the last show, a lot of times you're the psychologist, the unofficial, unlicensed official psychologist of wrestling. <laughs> I know this has been a tough time for you. How have you been dealing with this? You seeing a lot of people that you have respect for speaking out and especially in situations that you didn't know about, which, and the reason why I say that because I need knowing you, I know it does something when you feel like if it was something you could do, you would have done it. But because you didn't know, it, 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 I know that a lot of times it, it bothers you because it'll bother me. Um, you know, when I speak, I try to keep a lot of things very professional. But, I'll tell uh, you now, here's the gun, unload the clip, and go ahead and speak how, how you ever feel. However you need to get it out, speak it. Um... Well, excuse my language to anybody that's listening. Uh, and, and Glenn, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm going to have to use you a go couple cuss words. <laughs> um, today has really fucked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, it hits hard because a lot of these people, you know, sometimes or some of these people I've worked with, some of them are friends. Some of them are people you just met. Uh, 
it's so many different stories. And when you're somebody that cares about women's wrestling the way that I do, and you take pride in the product of women's wrestling, and know that there's so many people that have been through uh, very detailed pain. Uh, it fucks with you. And, you know, a lot of people don't know this about me is, you know, I've, I've went out and talked to different people. Um, I've talked to uh, like people, you know, I've dealt with people that have been in abusive relationships, helped them out with that. Um, talk to women and men that have been raped, you know, and, and see how you can help mentally with a lot of that stuff. And what people don't know is, not only does it take a toll on you, but a lot of people don't understand how deep it can get, you know? And a lot of people have a perspective, uh, perspective of like, you know, it's done one kind of way, but it's not, you know, it can be mental. It can be physical. It could be a mixture of both. It can be manipulation. It can be all of that. And a lot of people, they go to, training in schools they can't wait to go to a wrestling show whether they're booked or not to be in a locker room because it feels like it's their safe place and the wrestling ring is like it, it's it's like that 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 cuddle bear for them like it it makes them feel safe and when you have these situations and you're starting to take away people's safe space and for years, they've been holding that scar in. And you know that it's coming out that that safe place for them, even though it's supposed to be sometimes depending on who else is in that locker room, it's not safe anymore. It fucks you up. And for me today, for me the last two weeks, is, is, it's mentally draining because I don't I don't want to I, I don't want to see anybody go through this and even from the last time we did a sexual harassment episode like I said hearing Amber's story it messed with me for days and just 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 remembering what you've heard from different people even when you get these people that are like you know well you know I, I don't no longer have to worry about it because I'm in a better place and da, 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 da. that fucks me up even more because you were at this level. And if just because you're at a bigger level now, you feel like you don't have to say anything because it won't happen to you. How are you not concerned that it won't happen to anybody else? Which makes today so important because with these girls speaking out, it is doing the justice of making sure it fucking doesn't happen to somebody else. And that should be the most important thing. And for you people that don't think that's important because you're enjoying your life in the big leagues or you got the money that you deserve or you're on a level that you dreamed about all your life and you can give a damn that it's happening to somebody else, it doesn't matter to you because it's not you. What the fuck does that say about you? That's how I feel. I think that's the, I think that's the issue because people that are on another level or who've been through this is not speaking out. Or even because, because again, it, it takes uh, it takes people who have a much, and I hate to say it this way, people have a little bit of clout and a little bit of um, 
uh, uh, position to make things go. Example, uh, George Floyd, we know he passed away and he died. But if I really do believe if Steven Jackson had really never got involved and, and said as much as he said, we may not be at the impact we had. Then when Steven Jackson got involved, you got Jamie Foxx involved. You got other people who had some, uh, some uh, appeal get involved. And, and that's what makes it different in society. And it doesn't make it right, but in today's society, when people of a star status get involved, then it becomes an issue. Then it becomes, uh, then you have much more supporters uh, than we do on the grassroots level. And that's what sexuality, that's with, uh, that's with sexuality, that's with uh, sexual assault, that's with racism. Um, and you know, and, and that's the way, and it's sad that way because there's been a lot of women hurt, a lot of women hurt and felt like they didn't have a voice. Then there's been a lot of men hurt who feel like they don't have a voice, you know, and because what happened is you said men, there are a lot of men who've been sexually abused or who's been touched and who've been raped and they can't come out because they are a man. And because no. if they come out that way, uh, you're a punk. How do you let that happen to you? Or where, where, where that happened to you at? So there's a lot of people who are dealing with this. And like I said, the baggage goes in. It's baggage that goes into other areas of their life. And when you can just push slide that baggage aside and continue to go on with life and never fix it or unpack it and never heal with it, you really didn't fix it. And therefore, when you see it or something else comes up, it will hit that baggage or will bust it open. And now you blow up or now you can't get right. You can't sleep or you're taking uppers and down and you, now you have a drug issue or you have a different a drinking issue. And you got to take this to go to sleep. You got to go this, take this to wake up. You got to do this just to function in life. And then you find out a lot of people who went through those issues you're able to put on a face in the locker room and you really hurt it. And the only place that you can feel that comfortable at is in the ring. And when you get back to the locker room, you're depressed, you're upset. When you get back to your hotel room, you can't manage, you can't handle. So this issue has to be dealt with um, and they have to deal with it themselves and get some help to do so. Amber. Oh, go ahead. You know, back in the day, there were certain things you didn't talk about. Things happened, and you didn't talk about them. And I feel I, I feel like it's almost that way in our business still. Uh -huh. That when certain things happen, you just don't talk about it. You know, you, you we we got it. We 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 have to stop. We that has to stop. It has to stop. You know, and for those people who are up in the big leagues and they didn't say anything, you know, there's an old saying: the same people you see on the way up. It's the same people you're going to see on the way down. So they'll answer for their, their, uh, their buttoned-up lips sooner or later. And, you know, a lot of times, like, those people get called out too. You know, during the course of, of things happening with these people being called out, you know, some of the victims that have moved on in the wash, those names make those names make come out and those people may be asked like why didn't you step up when you had a chance you know mm -hmm. i mean that life has a has a way of of doing things like that yeah it certainly does amber last <laughs> time you shocked the world you <laughs> told your story and like blake said you know we literally were sitting here in tears and it hurt I can tell you as your brother, it hurt because I felt like, well, what could I have done? Um, as you start to see that more people are coming out, you know, just give your reaction on like 
everything that's happening. Oh, how much time we got? Uh-huh. <laughs> I just want to start by thanking, thanking the good ones out there. Good ones like like Bliss. Like he said, he's known me since I was like 15, 16 years old. He's been booking me since I was a teenager and he's always held me with the utmost respect. He's always been professional. Bliss, I'm not sure if you remember this. There was a guy that I told you about that you used to book and I told you about him. And once I said something, he never came back. I can't remember and, who it was. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure you remember like the situation. Mm-hmm. And yep. It's, that's what it takes. That is what it's going to take. When you hear about this, when you read these tweets and you recognize that name, don't continue to book these people. These pedophiles, these rapists, these perverts, don't do it. For what? Because they, oh, they're a former WWE superstar, former this, whatever, ROH, whatever. So what? What they did was fucking disgusting. And they need to burn in hell for it. But in the meantime, they definitely don't deserve a fucking booking on a wrestling show. And that's what it's going to take. I told my story on here last episode, and I wasn't, I didn't even know I was going to say it. It just came out. And I'm glad it did. And it felt good to get that off my chest. You know, wrestling is something I've always wanted to do. I never wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. Uh, I wanted to be like jazz <laughs> since I was a kid. And, you know, I felt back in November, 2015, when I left, I felt like I was pushed out. I felt like something was taken from me because I was assaulted. I was literally sexually assaulted and I went out and wrestled. And whew, nobody, nobody should have to feel that. And I, it took me so long to say something, to speak up because of the retaliation that we all fear all these women. There are so many tweets I read that said, oh, I want to say his name so bad, but I know what level he's at, or I know he has this much influence and this much power. And I felt that so much because I'm going through the same thing. So if anybody who's saying that or feels that way that's watching this, I feel that too. And I get it. And I feel for you and it's hard and you live with it every single day, but don't let him take your dreams from you. Huh. Don't let him take, take your dreams from you. You can come back from this, you know, and it's, I get it. You don't want to put them out there because you're scared of retaliation and that's fine, but someone will benefit from your story someone else you could tell your story and you could inspire someone else to tell theirs and it's a domino effect and that's pretty much what's happening now and it's beautiful and i'm so happy to see it and these people need to be outed they need to be and for those that are brave enough to say their names i salute you and i love you and i appreciate you so much for that you're doing it so the next woman doesn't have to because you were brave enough to say it and i applaud you and I thank you for being so strong 
And this is what it's going to take to change the culture and change what we do and make it a healthy working environment because that's the thing. What we do is a business and people forget that. You wouldn't grope women in the office. You wouldn't do this shit in the office. So don't do it in the locker room. Show some fucking respect. Have some fucking restraint. It's not okay. Women are not sex objects. We're here to perform just like you are. And we deserve that respect. I paid my dues just like any other man in this business did, if not more. I work twice as hard because I'm a woman. I work three times as hard because I'm a black woman. And we all deserve respect. Nobody deserves to feel this way. But in the meantime, I'm so happy that everyone's coming forward and speaking up and speaking out. I'm so proud to see it. I'm so happy to see it. I never thought I'd see the day, I'll be honest. Because wrestling has changed so much since I left and came back. But I came back for this. I came back to inspire. I came back to give back. Women like Amaris Blair, shout out to her from Elevate Pro. She, you know, had to deal with sexual harassment when she first started training. That is ridiculous. Can you imagine wanting to do something so bad and you finally get to learn how to do it and this is what you walk into? I'm so proud of her for continuing on and finding a great company like Elevate Pro and working for great women like Brittany and men like Ben who are just great people, wonderful people. I cannot speak highly enough of them. And I'm just so proud to see women like her that just kept going, that didn't give up. You know, I came back to fight for women like that to show you like, hey, like this is terrible that this happened, but don't let him keep that from you. Don't let him take anything from you. When you walk away, when I walk away, it's going to be on my terms because I decided to, not because I felt like I had to. And that's it. <laughs> you brought up something about it's being, you know, business and it takes me back to the Me Too movement. Yes. I believe uh, I believe it was 2017, 2018, 2017, I believe. And one of the hardest things about that time for me personally was when I was on Facebook and I saw the hashtag going around. And it was people in my office, people that I've worked with every day talking about things that had happened to them. And this was, you know, obviously before I met, met them, but it, it hurt to hear these stories, but I was, I applauded them for being brave enough to speak up. And it just made me think about how wrestling was behind the eight ball because people, not as many people, no, people weren't listening. I mean, go say people wasn't speaking up. People weren't listening then. Exactly. And, and, and that's the thing that has always bothered me. And, you know, you move forward and, you know, cause the groping stuff, unfortunately it does happen in some offices, you know, it, it does happen that, you know, women can't even, they got to think twice about what they're going to wear. You know, I could go get up and throw in a shirt and say, okay, you know, I'm gonna wear this polo shirt today. And I ain't got to think nothing about it. I can wear these pants, but then for a woman, she has to think, okay, if I wear this, what am I, what, what type of attention will I be getting? And that's the stuff that just drives me crazy that 
men just can't keep themselves together. And imagine being in wrestling gear in the locker room. Like, I have to think twice about what gear I'm going to wear. Mm-hmm. And that's terrible. Like, so what? You know what I mean? And it's like you said, you know, with coming forward and, you know, feeling, you know, that you'll be retaliated against. And not only that, the biggest thing, retaliation is a huge thing but there's also feeling like you're not going to be believed Mm -hmm. what if they don't believe me what if they think i made this all up and i'm lying to get attention as they say first of all what the fuck do i gain from that what does that do for me to put myself out there Mm -hmm. to that extent what do i gain from that I've always said that I will side with the victim. I'll take the chance to sign with the victim and them being wrong and lying about it than to side with the predator. Right. Um, I think about just like, you know, Blake and I was talking about this earlier and Amber, you and I was talking about this earlier. I know when we had like CZW, WSU, I never cared about, to be honest with you, I didn't care about the respect of the boys. I cared about the respect of the ladies um, because those are the ones I was working with. So, and what I mean about not caring about the respect, obviously what I mean is if one of them did something, I would say something and call them out and not care. And that's the problem with a lot of these guys, um, the students, the veterans, that if they see one of their boys doing something, you need to check your mans. Bottom line, I know for a fact Glenn and Blake are two of my best friends in this entire world. I know for a fact that if I'm out with them and I go try try to eat one, if I try to holler at a woman because I'm married, they're going to check me. You know, they're going to grab me up. Yo, what you doing? Or if I do something that heinous, that disrespectful, or if a woman come in there, I know for a fact that those guys knew not to come at that, uh, say any of that stuff when those ladies was in front of Blake's camera because they knew he would say something to them. They didn't want that smoke. They did not want that smoke. Like, I don't mean to cut you off, (laughs) but they ain't want that smoke. Mm -hmm. And like, this ain't me trying to get clout or trying to talk tough. No, No, it's the the truth. Yeah. We don't deal with disrespect like that. And the one thing, like I said, did not mean to cut you off that you hit on a mark was people weren't listening. You think about uh, the last time we did sexual harassment, we had Chris Rivera on here. She's been speaking out this about this for maybe around seven years. And people weren't seven listening. Years. People weren't listening. Seven years. Like, let that sink in. I've been so in this for how many 11 victims? to 12 years. Yeah. From the, so <laughs> if you got people coming out and we're talking about, they're talking about things that some may say this has happened within the span of two years. And somebody's coming out and said, I've been speaking for seven years. I've been in the business for 11 to 12 years. You know, so seven years is a long time for people to get ignored. If it took 2020 for all these stories and for people to finally listen, so be it. But it ain't nothing new, you know. And like like I said, I am not, I did not mean to interrupt you, but I don't give a damn who was in any locker room. I don't care if it was CZW. I don't, give, I don't care who it was. You ain't going to disrespect nobody in my space and think I ain't going to say something about it. You know, it's that simple. That's one of the things that people got to realize, too. And in these statistics, one in every three women has been physically or sexually assaulted. In America, every 73 seconds, 
there's a sexual assault. And when you look at that, that's ridiculous. So that means if you got three, you said you book uh, one woman's match. So let's say you have three women on a card. At least one out of three of those had been sexually assaulted. That's ridiculous. And you could potentially have a man on that card who never been because it's one out of every 71 men who've been sexually assaulted. So look at the vast number that's there. And when you talk about the women in the wrestling business and you start going one through three, put them in a room, and when they start talking, there's a lot of people that start coming out. It's more in that business because it's smaller. The numbers have to be greater. And so it's ridiculous in the fact that, one, you can't keep your hands to yourself. Two, that when these women do come out, no one believes them. And what happens is that when the first woman does come out and the first person doesn't believe them, it makes each woman behind her not want to come out. If I can interject, that's exactly what happened. I saw Chrissy saying all these things and, you know, being so forward and upfront about it. And nobody even cared. Like, let's be honest. Like, of course I cared. And I know, Blake, you cared. But let's be honest. Like, everybody kind of looked the other way. And so I understood completely where she was coming from today when she said that. Because it's like, like y'all said, like, this isn't new. This isn't new. I came up in this business with my brothers. And I only speak to one of them now. Shout out to Chuck. I love you, Chuck. Um... One of my brothers did not believe me when I came for my own fucking brother. And that shit hurt. That sucked. So it's like, you think we're going to say anything else about this? You know what I mean? It's discouraging. It's very discouraging. But again, I say to the women watching this, Glenn, I'm so sorry I cut you off. Are you fine? Go ahead, Amber. Go ahead. To the women watching this, I applaud you for taking that risk because I understand there is no coming back from it. Once you come out and say it, there is no taking it back and going back to, you know, whatever. So I applaud you for taking that risk and taking that chance of, they may not believe me. I might get retaliated against. They may harass me. They may call me names. I may get canceled. Cause that's the thing. Like last episode, I said, cancel culture exists everywhere except professional wrestling. It does exist in professional wrestling, but with the wrong people, they cancel the victims. not the people who did the wrongdoing so to the women who came out i just i applaud you so much and i cannot thank you enough for your bravery and paving the way for the next generation of women so they hopefully do not have to deal with this and and that's what thing is you know when you come out that's when the healing begins because something you don't have to carry on to you know when you carry it so much it becomes a burden. And when you begin to say it, begin to talk about it, begin to release it, that's when actually the healing actually begins. And when you're able to say the name of the person and that, that created that lifestyle for you and able to talk about it, healing does take place. Um, I've no. been, been around people who are in family wise and um, that I've known that has been sexually assaulted. And it is not fun to be around that person when, you, when they live it in fear. It is not fun. I've been around a lot of people who living in fear. I had a young lady I used to with certain songs would come on the radio and if she would you would have to turn the song because of the emotion that she would get because she heard the song. Um so I understand the hurt and the pain and, and, and where it deals with people at and the mindset I do say healing needs to take place and it was first sign of healing is being able to 
voice verbalized, whether it's writing a letter, whether it's talking to a counselor or a pastor or whoever, someone you can trust, that can trust you, uh, that you can trust in and to release it. And not only just release it, but it's going to help you to recover. I got to ask the bookers. Um, hold on, hold on. Can I touch on that before you? Before yeah, because uh, and I'm gonna have a question for you. Um, I think it was Glenn that said that 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 there was so many levels to this. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was looking online and Lefisto mm -hmm. was saying what she was saying about CZW. So you have these things happening in the locker rooms, people being quiet about it. But then after they go home and they're doing whatever they're doing. And they look on the internet and the video from the show is posted mm. and it's being exploited in other ways. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like you said, man, there's, it's so many more levels to this, yeah. you know, like the disrespect is just beyond comprehension. Sometimes, you know, these women deal with, deal with, with, with getting booked. They deal with going into the locker room and dealing with the boys. They go outside. Some of the fans aren't exactly angels, okay? Then the booker or the production company takes this video and exploits it as porn. Like, it, it's, it's just crazy. It, it needs to stop. You know, Lefisto came out. He started, you know, calling CZW out on their crap. And, you know... Of course, the first thing we see is we're like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? That's what I said. But then I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. The Fisto worked her behind off. Yeah. She should call him out on that. Because that's, that's wrestling. See, that's something she can be proud of. That was her work. That was her, that's her life's work. You know what I mean? She went in there. She gave her blood, sweat, and tears. And, and, and put on a good match. And then this guy posted as big-breasted women rolling around in the ring or whatever they had on there. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and you know, I, I feel as though the people that do it, they have absolutely no respect for this for this business. Okay? I mean, I don't really – I usually don't get into bashing companies or anything like that, but let me tell you, that starts on the ownership level right there. You need to handle that business. That should never happen. Hey, that's look, I'm going to say something about that, too, because that's all the owner. Let me tell you firsthand, the booker had nothing to do with that because 93% of those matches that were on those shows were shit I booked for WSU. Yeah. Booker don't got nothing to do with that. That's yeah. all the owner. That's the owner taking dirty money, thinking, yeah. not knowing that all money ain't good money. I don't need to mm -hmm. say his name because his name doesn't come out of my mouth. Yeah. If he's listening... He know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. You know, mm -hmm. that's all dirty money. And if it takes Lefisto to finally steamroll this thing, so be it. So be it. Because like I said, Chrissy's been talking about it for almost seven years. But if Lefisto can help, and if that can help people come out and talk whatever their problems is, it's a beautiful thing. And for the people that don't want to speak, that's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You go when you feel comfortable to do it. Don't feel pressured. Don't That's feel right. pressured. None, all the people that back you up, none of us are going to look down on you. You do it on your own time. You do it when you feel comfortable and when you're ready to release that pain. And you will know that the people that care about you, support you, whatever it is, they will all have your back with it.
and there's and there's and there's places like this, like this forum, that if they ever want to step up and just clear their hearts, I'm pretty sure that the door's open. Absolutely. One of the things I want to ask the um, the promoters. I want to paint the scenario because it's easy to say where we go from here. We already know where we go from here, but what happens when you have a show set up and you've done all the promotion and then all of a sudden, let's just say this is a Saturday at three and the show starts at five and everybody's in the locker room. And then all of a sudden in the locker room meeting, you see Twitter blow up. What happens? And I start with you bliss and then go to Glenn and then go to Blake. Twitter, Twitter blow up on this type of situation? Yeah. You know, let's just, you know, let's just create a scenario. Oh, in, 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 the, in the meeting, we're going to touch base. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. In, in my meetings, we talk about everything. And in the end, we have a prayer. And we make sure everyone is safe in the end. But you know what? I don't candy coat anything. Anything. If there's, if there's a person that does something wrong, I won't say nothing until they get to the building. Just so I can call them out in front of everyone. Because there's no shame in my game. Trust me. I don't play that. I don't do that. We all love this business. And we have to weed out. We, we have to weed out. We got to pluck the cancers out. Because if we don't, we're just as guilty as, as, as what we're bringing into our, our forum. You know? I, I'm not all over the internet. If someone came to me and said, hey, listen, this guy's showing his behind. It's the night before the show. This guy's showing off. You know, he, he's doing too much on the internet, blah, 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 blah. When he gets there, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation about all of them. White, black, man, woman. I don't care who you are or what you are. We're going to have we're gonna have that conversation. You're not going to make anyone you're not going to make anyone in my locker room feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Like, like who, who said that earlier? Blitz said earlier, right? This, this is our comfort. This is our comfort spot. This is, this is the place we come to do what we love and to enjoy ourselves. A lot of us bring our families in. Our families are doing things in the venues as far as helping out with the shows. The thing that it has to be a safe environment. Amber, I tell you, you walk through my door, you're my family. I hug you. You're probably going to know my wife. You're probably going to know my kids. You know what I mean? Because everyone that comes through my doors, I bring you in, and I learn who you are. Because most people don't walk in my door and walk back out. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we have to, we have to, start, we have to start bringing these things up in the, in, the, in the wrestling meetings. Why not? Why not talk about it? Glenn? If I could just oh, interject and say, like, when I brought that scenario to Bliss, like, he didn't ask, oh, well, what did you have on? Well, what were you doing? Like, it was no questions asked. It was no backstory. Just gave him the name. That was it. That guy never came back. And that's what it's going to take. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> um. You got to deal. You got to deal with it right then and there. We had a situation, um, and I won't say it on air, but had a situation with a person two days before. A story comes out. They had to make the phone call. You can't come. 
you can't you you can't you can't be part of the show you can't you can't be a part of this um because this is where you have to do that first of all you have to be able to protect not only the people in the locker room but you also got to be able to protect the fans because you don't know where that person's at 24 7 they're in your locker room you're responsible you brought them there you with them so therefore what if he doesn't sexually or she doesn't sexually assault one of the wrestlers, but they sexually assault one of the fans, and you have knowledge of this person who has history. Now you as a promoter are responsible. And that's the worst thing for you to do as a company to let one of your fans be attacked by uh, a promoter or even one of the people that you're responsible for when they come to your show. Because when they come to your show, you're responsible for them by the time, from the time they get to your arena to the time they leave your city. And you're responsible. I had a guy who came down the city and was snowstorm. We was together for three or four days, but he was responsible for me. I was responsible for him until he got back on the plane. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way you look at it when you are a promoter. You're responsible for the talent until they leave your city. And I think a lot of promoters don't, not, not when they leave your show, but when they leave your city. That means when they're gone in their car, out of your state lines, gone, you're responsible for them. And that's the way that you got to be. Look at it. So, yeah, if it happens, they got to go. Can't perform. Um, you know, and with the money that, if I owed you and I promised you, I'll pay you, but you won't perform on the show because you you brought your time down and did it. That's the right thing to do, you know? So you got to go. Um, I want to I wanna hit on something that Glenn just said, too. If you look at some of these stories that come out, they're not all wrestlers. You know, they are people that were at shows or met these wrestlers through a show, and these things have happened. Yeah. And... As easy as something like that happens, it can become anger of, well, you know, if such and such show would have had more, you know, if they looked more at their wrestlers, then this would have happened and they can all fall back on the show. Even if the, the, the promoter, the booker, the owners didn't really know about it, but it could still fall back on them. So I look at it like this too. Like there was a game uh that that came out years ago and i guess they remastered it. it's called la la noir right mm-hmm. and a part of la noir was you were a detective it's a detective game so when you used to bring in people you had to read their faces you know and if they had like little smirks or if the eye twitched you would know they were lying so uh, i studied a lot of that game so i do have intuitions it's um, it's not batting at 100 percent, but it's pretty goddamn good of knowing when somebody's up to something, lying or hiding something. So as a booker, you damn right, I'm just going to flat out ask you. And I'm going to do my job to be like, I don't think you should be here. And if I go to the owner, it's his responsibility to take him off the show. And trust, there are still, in 2020, there are still companies where they'll be like, well, I mean, I don't know if we could take him off the show because, I mean, they were associated with WWE. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Oh, well, they're with this company now, and they're with that company, and we paid that money. Okay, if that's how you feel, then don't ask me how can we become one of the most respected and known companies because that comment alone will always keep you on the level that you don't want to be and you're not going to grow. Or here's my favorite. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, he said he didn't do it. Exactly. And how many, I mean, how many times have you heard that? You know, or, 
or even better, you can always hear, well, I mean, you know, it is wrestling. Mm -hmm. What what does that mean? So what? (laughs) You know, so what? Take these people off the show. And as a man, if I look you in the face and I ask you a question and you blatantly lie to me and then I find out you lied to me, now we have to have a discussion man to man in private. And I don't know if you want that smoke. And no, this isn't like, oh, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to beat you. No, I just don't know if some people are ready to handle adult conversations. Right. And with a lot of people, you know that by what their answers are when they have to make statements about what they did. Yeah. You're going to do, quote unquote, adult things that kind of land you in an adult place you don't want to be in, then you better be ready to have an adult conversation. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to Hazen before we get out of here. Amber, I'm going to let you start this one off. You said you wanted to address this. Go ahead. So there was there was a uh, a tweet that I had came across and I'm I'm paraphrasing. Um, But it was regarding uh, two workers, two well-known workers, Dave Christ and I forgot the other one his brother? Um, but it was a, i'm sorry was his brother no it was a female samantha okay. heights yes samantha heights okay. uh it was a worker exposing the two of them for hazing during training and how this woman was um like specifically targeting females like with the intentions to get them to leave and so I wanted to pick the promoters and bookers brains on here about locker room hazing. Like if you have any past experiences, if you've seen it, you know, what would you do? Like, what do you recommend to prevent it? And things like that. Um, so let's start with bliss. <laughs> um, believe it or not, I haven't really, I haven't really experienced much of that. Um, but then again, I kind of rule with an iron fist. So, like, I'm not, I wouldn't put up with that. I know that the training centers that I deal with, like um, the Mess Brothers Dungeon or, or, the, uh, or uh, Fort Noxious, they don't, they don't do any of that. They don't, they don't do any of that. Even, even when it comes down to things like chopping sessions and stuff like that, like they, don't, they, don't, they don't do any of that, you know, anymore. It, it, Times are a little times are a little different in certain in certain places. Um, to me, that sounds like just someone who was scared to lose their spot. You know what I mean? Or or just, yeah. You know what I mean? Or just just you know. I, I don't know. Like that's. But I always say to that: if you're that scared to lose your spot, it was never your spot to begin with. It was never your spot. Yeah, exactly. that's, your, that's your own insecurities. And then on top of that, like, you do have a point, like there were chopping sessions and, you know, all these ways of training people, like training, I use that term loosely because beating my ass isn't teaching me wrestling. No, no. And And then then some people use it as, some people would use the excuse of, well, I'm just seeing if they're tough enough to make it through this. Right. That's what I was going to yeah. say. And, like, that's not how you do that. Like, that's yeah. not okay. 
Now, back in the day, I mean, there, I mean, we've all heard the stories of back in the day. I mean, you know, there's guys like Kyor Kowalski and, and people like that. I mean, people walked out with broken bones, you know. But these are, these are different times. It's just different times, you know. Yeah, I haven't but, seen uh, like that. But I can just go back to the old, like, like Bliss said, that some of the old stories that I've heard of, the you know, Stu Hartson, who would make guys pee down there and pee on themselves and put mm-hmm. them in holes and, and different things like that. But today I haven't heard any of those stories of uh, wrestlers being hazed of that nature. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we hear the stories of Masuda and Hulk Hogan, you know, mm-hmm. with breaking his ankle or breaking his foot. So you hear some of those guys, guys who make you do all the hack squats to see if you was tough enough. Or you hear the story of Dr. You know, Dr. D when he, he thought everything was a shoot, and, you know, and they went in there and they was fighting. And he said, nah, come on, slow down, brother. You know, so you hear a lot of that, those older stories, but with the newer classes, people coming up, I haven't heard too much of the hazing stuff. I've heard about some chop sessions or the first time they have you in a the match, they'll put you in a corner and next thing you know, everyone, especially in the battle role, everybody gets a chop. They'll, you know, everybody gets that chop, that chop spot. Um, that's the most I've seen. Nothing serious as serious as that. Now, uh, you know, do you remember? Do you remember? I, I'm not exactly sure how long ago it was, but do you remember down at the um, when CZW was training down at uh, the uh, 2500? They had a fellow pass away down there. Do you remember that? He was uh, he was working out. Uh, he was down there training, and he ended up. Um, I can't remember the whole entire story, but I, I want to say that um, Sammy Callahan had something to do with that as far as the training. I session. don't know if that was CZW, though. Um, that might – I don't – I'm not defending them at all, but no, I don't no, know. I don't. Okay. But go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. I, I, I know there was a fellow that passed away. I think, I think he, uh, he was just pushed to the limit. You know what I mean? I think that may have got lost in some – some type of hazing, you know, at that point. I know I know there was some talk about that um, at the time on whether that was going on. Um, but, I mean, you know, it, it's tough. It's tough when you have a training center and, you, and these people come in and they think that they can do this. So you push them to the limits and some of them, you know, you don't know what their, 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 uh, their medical uh, histories are and things like that. You know, you got, you got to kind of watch yourself, I think. I think some of the hazing, that may even have caused some of the hazing to stop. You know, as far as, um, you know, nowadays of, of uh, sue sessions, you know, people will sue you at the drop of a dime. You know, you lose everything you have because you brought someone in and you, you did some things to them. You know, um, people, have, people have their cell phones out all the time, you know, recording things. I think there's, there's a whole bunch of deterrents now uh, for different things. So, the biggest yeah. hazing incident I personally remember, I didn't experience it, I just remember hearing about it, uh, was when Kevin Matthews came forward. I think this was about seven years ago when Kevin Matthews came forward about building a mod, uh, mm-hmm. making yeah. everyone there train naked. And man, I was just, I was so grossed out. I was so disgusted to, to hear about that. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, personally, uh, I haven't seen any like hazing, especially well, like uh, in the trainings. Like you know, I I I teach at um, MCW, and like I mean, this is you know promo class, run the ropes, run around. You know, oh you 
you didn't help us clean, then why are you this? You know, like, but it's never like anything like crazy. It's no like crazy hazing. There is no chop sessions or anything. Uh, in locker rooms, I never seen it like with uh, the women's stuff. Like as Brian knows, when we were at the skate zone, the room that we did the photography in, it was called the safe room. So, you know, like everybody, or it was called the fun room. I don't know. I, I don't know. It had a couple names, but everybody knew that was our room. And once you entered that room, all your worries were gone. If you were upset about something, you came in that room, they're like, oh, yeah, down here, like we're safe, you know? Um, but like, uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the boys do dumb sh stuff to each other. Like, you know, and I've heard stories of like, a guy will pee on his hands and then not wash his hands. And the first thing he does is, you know, rake the other guy's face on purpose. You know, like you can't do that now, you know, with COVID and everything, but you know, like no, hazing wise, especially with women. Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't seen any, I personally haven't seen it. Now I've heard about bad training, you know, and, and, you know, guys you know a a certain guy you know taking advantage of his training or if he's mad with a woman or he's mad with a student trying to quote unquote beat them up just because you know he can't get over but um seeing stuff myself like in a training no i haven't seen it i think that's just as bad you know you yes. sit up there beating a woman and you know or first of all like i I don't know. It's just it, all the stuff is just sickening. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I hate it in sports. I hate it in, and this may draw us some heat. I don't care. I hate it in fraternities and sororities. Like, you ain't telling me you got to like jump somebody in and beat somebody up just to make sure they're tough. Right. Like, it's, this is not a gang. Like, we not the Crips <laughs> out here. Like, chill. Like, I see. Yeah, I see women like big chop marks on their chest, like first day of training. Like, no, baby, that's not how that's supposed to go. <laughs> I'm a grown man, dog. I got enough beatings, but I was young to let a man, another man, put a paddle on me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got, and I still got to pay you for that. Right. I'm, I'm paying X amount of dollars for that, and for the brotherhood. I, I'm sorry. For each his own. Each his own. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's something. It, what's crazy too is, you know, I know a lot of these women, especially in this day and age with the power of women's wrestling, the power of women's sports. Period. I know a lot of these women, women that if somebody tried, they're gonna wrap them right up and choke them smooth out. So go ahead and test them. You know, like you, it's a lot of them. I can and I can name a, a couple of them. You know, like I'll be the first one calling them. Like, yo, have my back, you know? So, right. man, these girls are powerful, too. Don't don't play that game, man. And if I and could just say, not to cut you off, like, but mm -hmm. if I could just add to that, like, I am a totally different person now. Like, the, the shit that I endure, that I've seen, that I've mm -hmm. went through, personally went through when I was a kid, I'm a grown-ass woman now. I've served mm -hmm. my country. I've been through hell and back. I've been through way tougher shit than this. Try me now. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Anybody. But they, they go off of what you're saying, and this isn't all cases, and none of these cases are good, but that's why a lot of these people, they prey on a, sometimes a younger, but definitely mm -hmm. a weaker, a weaker mind that they know yeah. they can manipulate. 
They can smell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I said about, you know, shout out to Adrian Lawrence, um, author of Beating Workplace Sexual Harassment. She said in the book, you find that. It's studies show this stuff. There are people who study this. And studies will say that they will, you know, this stuff happens in male-dominated industries, a la wrestling, um, you know, corporate environments, sports entertainment company, ESPN. ESPN is very quick to turn a blind eye to sexual harassment. They did it with so many people, especially black women. Um, but the thing is, you these things happen and they prey on the younger women, the younger talent. You know, me and Glenn talk about it all the time in journalism. You know, these people come out and say, hey, let me mentor you. You know, I see it at the National Association of Black Journalists. I tell all my, as you know, my girls, me and like my friends, like, be careful. Don't let nobody Hollywood with you. Um, You know, I don't know how many Martin fans we have on here, but we all know the episode where he went to Hollywood, the the Varnell Hill show. Yeah. (laughs) And, and that's the thing, you got to pick it up. Some people, some predators, they realize that. And as you say, they study. They, they have conversations. And based off your conversation with them and based off what you say in the conversation, they can realize and see your emotions and see how you feel. In it. And, and they, they do things subtly and see if you'll say anything. Yep. And, you know, and then if you don't say nothing, they, they go a little next level. And then, and then they go to a next level. And, then they're, and, they're, and so they play the game. And you have to be able to know the, um, know the signs. Uh, know what your self-worth is, know your value, understand who you are, and realize that there are people out there that do listen. And build an ally. Yeah. You know, yes. there's plenty of allies out here willing to have your back, willing to speak up, willing to say, you know, tell the people, don't, no, nah, don't mess with her. Because we all know in high school, there were times where somebody would say, nah, you can't mess with her because that's so-and-so's brother. Oh, you can't mess with her because her sister crazy. So we need to do the same thing in wrestling, except all the girls need to have that. Nah, don't mess with her because all the boys are gonna get on you. You know. But um as Yeah, don't co- mess with don't mess with her because Faye Jackson has smacked the hell out of you. <laughs> exactly. See, I, about think, that. I love Faye. She literally, this is a shoot. She literally just texted me. And was like, who do I need to stab over you? So <laughs> Faye don't play. Yeah, Faye, don't play. Faye is the queen of this right now. You know, Faye don't Faye don't play, man. Yeah, shout Faye out to you, Faye. Faye. Much you love. Know, it, Much it's love. great to see. It's great to see these women that I I literally watched grow up in front of me. You mm-hmm. know, like Faye was just coming to the ring with Doctor Ruthless dancing sometimes. You know. And then she decided that she wanted to go train. And it is awesome, man. It's awesome to watch what she's doing. You know, Amber, you know, you, you've just, you're amazing. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and there's just, and there's other women out there that, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be coming and they're going to be stepping up. Young girls, I, you know, don't let the things that you see deter you from coming into this business. Just understand that this business at times is dog eat dog. You know, you got to understand that. You got to protect yourself. But you also need to understand that, you know, while these people are doing certain things and they're trying to scramble to the top, the bookers and the promoters are making the decisions on who's going to be on top anyway. So a lot of times the things that they do are for not anyway. 
but you know don't let it deter you from coming into this business because you'll fall in love with it there's so many good people in wrestling Faye and 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 amber and you guys you know what i mean blizz and glenn you guys are amazing people man you know just i i just don't want these this forum that when we talk about the bad things in this in this business to overshadow all the good things that are in this business too mm-hmm. you know we need to turn the bad things we need to turn it around and show that yes there are these bad things and this is just we're doing this now turn it around and show that there, there there's there's many bad things that happen it happens in life it happens in this business this is how you turn it around and make it a plus for you you know what i mean like yeah. dude this this is amazing thank you for inviting me on here to do this honestly this is this is great you know it, it's great to see people actually taking a step not only to, to for their success but to have things like this to make sure that other people are successful in the end also right. you know what i mean that they don't fall in the pitfalls of, of this business and of life thank you guys thank you guys for what you did honestly yeah, but before we go, sure. the closing sure. topic. Um, let's start with Blake, and then <laughs> uh, move around. You know, as a booker, you know, what does it mean to you, and how do you plan to assist in changing the culture and the social climate within wrestling? Amber's question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Change, you know, I'm going to keep, I'm going to always say this. When it comes to the culture of wrestling, one of the biggest things that's the problem is favoritism. It's always favoritism. You know, there are people that are in companies, not because they're fantastic of what they do. And this isn't just wrestlers, not because of their fantastic what they do, but it's who they know. And there are people that will never get a chance, whether it's race, whether one person is holding a grudge from 10 years ago on them because they made a mistake and ripped their new gear. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, the first and foremost is you got to take steps to remove whatever the cancers are, whether it's sexual predators, whether it's racism, whether it's favoritism. People, start giving people a chance chance because of their resume, because of what they're trying to do to make things better. And you got to start trying your best to actually read the people because there are two types of people right now. People that really want the change and then people that are quote unquote about the change because it makes them look better for whatever their platform they're on. There's a lot of people that take advantage of the change. There's a lot of people that donate the things, which is awesome, but they're only doing it not because they can, but they want to feel a part of the crowd. They don't really give a damn about the change because they feel like they're, they're already at where they're at. So for me, my biggest thing is the favoritism because it sucks. It sucks that there are so many talented people in all these forms of wrestling that can't get a chance. Why? Because they don't tweet every 20 minutes or because 
the right people aren't friends with them or because the friends that they do have don't feel like having a voice to help them get to the door, you know, because they're already at the door and they're like, well, I don't think I have the power to say it, even though they have the power to say it because you just watched them do that for their other friend that wrestles. So which one is it? You know, so for me, one of the, the biggest change in the cultures and all of that is respect people for the ability of what they've done, what they can do, and what they want to do to make things better, period. Real quick, I got to say this. For the fans out there listening, stop asking names. If the lady didn't share the names, shut the hell up. Yes. Shut the hell up. Please. You know, there's friends <laughs> of mine that's been getting messages. Nah, I know this person. Oh, it's got to be this person. If they didn't say a name, then shut up. That's something else that discourages women from coming forward because that's the first question a lot of people ask. Not everybody, but that's the first question a lot of people ask. And that's irrelevant. It's the fact that it happened. And this person is brave enough to even say that it happened, to admit that it happened. A lot of women, it's hard to even look ourselves in the mirror and say, man, this happened to me in real life. Right. And, and, and then again, a person doesn't want the name to help. They want the name to be nosy or they want to drop it on Twitter, drop it on Instagram. <laughs> they want the big story. They want the podcast. They want whatever it is. And that's, it's not out of, they don't want the name out of genuine, genuine concern. They're not driving down to wherever that person lives at you know, and smack them in the face. You know what I'm saying? It, it, that's not what you're not doing. So what do you want the name for if you're not going to do something about it? You're not telling me how to prosecute or you're not telling me how to I still get this criminal uh, charge uh, still activated. You're not telling me a lawyer. There's no need for the name. There's no need for you. If she wants to drop the name, she can. If he wants to drop the name, he can. If the person want to come out and say they didn't do it, you, you be, you be an old Columbo show and start piecing that stuff together. But for the person, stop asking the victim, what's his name? That that doesn't make any sense. You act the victim. They already been through enough already. If she didn't drop the name, then don't ask what the name is. And okay. another thing. Uh, tell you. Yeah. yeah. And another thing, too, not off topic, because I want to stay on this topic. I got to say this, too, because I see a lot of tweets where people are like, you know, oh, I see you. I see this person. I see that. All I'm going to say is this. For y'all people that want to look down on these people that are coming out with their stories, but you sitting there looking at somebody that's either been sexually abusive, abusive of all that, and you're cool with them and you want to keep your mouth shut because you're getting that little bit of money or you're on a different platform and you want to make sure that they keep their spot because you don't want to mess it up for what you have. It don't matter who see you. You got to see yourself and live with that decision that you make every day. So really think about what you're doing when you're sitting here being real quiet about these guys that's doing these things because you don't want to lose your booking, brother. Is it really worth it? Because what does that say is you when you're outside that ring? You're just as guilty. If you know a person that's in a locker room that is, a, you know, an abuser and he has done that or she has done that to multiple people and you know of it, you're just as guilty. You're, you're, you're aiding and abetting. You know, you're, you're allowing it to happen. And I, I've always said this, and it's not a cliche. No one cares until it knocks on their own door. Yeah, that's, that's 100% the truth. No one cares until it hits their own door, hit their own family. And that's, and, and you know, nobody wants to snitch. You know, nobody's a snitch till their little daughter gets missing. 
right? Hey, think about the neighborhood we grew up. No one's a snitch until it happens to your cousin or mm -hmm. happens to your relative. And then everybody wants, you want everybody, the same people that you told not to snitch, you want them to help you find your cousin. You want them to help write names down. You want them to help do this, that, and the other. But yet you created a culture that was not to snitch. And now you mad because the culture you created is at your own front door. Wow. <laughs> Bless, uh, I don't think you went. <laughs> How how am I how am I going to change the culture of wrestling? Yeah. I believe. And what does being um, a promoter mean to you? Oh, I got that question all wrong. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I'll start with I'll start with what uh, being a promoter means to me. It means that I can give opportunities to people that may possibly have never gotten that opportunity. You know, um, the the door wasn't exactly open to me. You know, I kind of, I actually started as a booker, okay, but I wasn't actually the booker. My white buddy was the booker, but I was doing all the work. And then when it was found that I was the booker, it was, oh, well, might as well let you keep on going because you're doing a pretty good job, you know. Um, I gave people opportunities and I hope that they appreciate it. And if they didn't, it doesn't really matter because it's something that I wanted to do and it made me feel good. It made me, um, it made me want to do it more often and, and, and for more people. Um, so I was, I've, I've been blessed um, in this business. Now, how am I going to change? Are you guys there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I lost video. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Now, how, how am I going to change the culture of the business? I feel as though I cannot, I cannot directly change the culture of the business. It's, it's just too vast. But I feel as though in my little promotion that I have, that I can do amazing things and, and change things and, and set a precedence that maybe other promoters of color will, will be able to start their promotions, or not just of color, but other promotions may follow suit in some of the things that I do, you know, and, 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 and it, uh, from, from what I do and say, hey, you know, what he did was pretty cool. It was pretty awesome. You know, it was pretty entertaining. And, you know, maybe I can change some things, you know, from afar, you know. Um, I have to be the best man, person, promoter, father, grandfather, um, human being that I can be. That's what I practice every day when I wake up. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't carry any other man's burden. You know, I, I get up every morning. I do my thing. I put my product out there and hopefully I can, I can just, Send a spark out to someone, you know, maybe, maybe I, I, maybe I can be, you know, I've, I've been so many people's mentors in so many different ways, taking care of kids, you know, bringing kids into my house that didn't have a place to go and, 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 and introducing them to this business and things like that. Like those things, it, it just, everything is amazing about this business, everything. And, 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 you know, if you're part of this business, man, don't just stop at being a wrestler. Everyone can't be a promoter. Everyone can't be an owner. Everyone can't be a booker. But I just if you want have to social media. 
No, it's not yet. But if, if if you have a chance to slide in and do some things, and if if a promoter pulls you to the side and, and asks you for, you know, your opinion on some things, you know, go ahead and give it. But I, but how will I change this business? How will I I move this business along and and change the culture of this business from afar? Mm. I, I think from- that's really said too. No, I know. I was going to say. I just think that's really well said. Like one thing is. I did. I do multiple things in wrestling to set an example. If I can juggle multiple things at once, then you can juggle the one thing you're doing. It should inspire you to work harder. Because if we all work hard, we're in this together. There's a short answer for everything. After I got the question right. So. <laughs> nah, that's. I mean, that's a, that's one of my answers. You know, you you make the change you do is you start with you. You can't make change mm-hmm. with everybody else. You start with you. You know, one of the things is the. Uh, you uh, to keep maybe happy in this promotion, just keep putting smiles on people's faces to let people suspend their disbelief for that two hour show or three hour show that you have. And, you know, one of the best parts of when you do shows for me, when I do shows or one of the best parts that I like to look at, I like to see the line outside. I like to see that kid who comes in and he got a smile on his face for the first time. It takes me back to when I first saw a professional wrestler. I don't care who it was, you know what I'm saying? It brings you back. So I like to see the kids come in. I like to see, you know, the family members who, who's bringing the kids in and having a conversation, like to meet with people and talk about wrestling. You know, I just love to talk about wrestling. Um, so it's one of the things to make a change. I mean, just put on a great product, you know, make sure your locker room is safe. Make sure your locker room is diverse. Uh, make sure uh, that when people, as Blake said earlier, when people come to your venue, they feel safe. Um, that they feel like, you know what, I want to come back because I felt safe here. I felt comfortable. I felt like family. I think you mentioned earlier, Liz, that, you know, you make people feel like family. You know, make people feel like family. They're part of your team. Um, pay them on time. <laughs> you know, pay them what you say you're going to pay them. Um, and, and that's one of the things, that's one of the things, you, if you're going to say you're going to give them something, make sure you give them. That's one of, be honest. If you're a promoter, if you want to be a promoter, that's one of the things, be honest. If you don't have the money, don't book them. You know, if you if, if your show is a little if your show's a little shaky and you ain't sure about the crowd, you know, let let them know ahead of time. You know, and 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 don't look. So you don't want to be that guy that people are looking at and talking about. You know, they still owe me money to this day. You know, you don't want to be that person. So pay them. Make sure you have enough people in, um, and you know, and just continue to um, promote good shows quite, and put on good products. Quite frankly, I mean, I, it's it's different. In well, it's the same thing with church. If you putting on a show, bottom line is. It, the way I look at it is you should have the money ahead of time. You know, it shouldn't be about the house. You know, if you got the the balls to put on the show, cause it costs a lot of money. So if you got the money, you need to have the stuff ahead of time. But I look at things and before we got on the air, um, I was telling Amber this, I was having a, son, a conversation with my 10 year old son. So many years it's been said that we need to teach our, girls how to carry themselves in a respectful way so many years it's been said that we need to make sure our young ladies don't wear their skirts too short but nobody's saying we need to teach our sons to keep their hands to themselves Hmm. i know glenn is a like i mentioned earlier a close friend a brother to me and he's always been influential in raising a young black male in this society. He's, his son is a few years older than mine. So I could go to Glenn and say, well, okay, man, well, how should I handle this situation? How should I handle that situation? And one of the things he told me he does was having that conversation with his son. 
Now, yes, we're having conversations with our daughters, but it's important that we have these conversations with our sons to teach them how to keep their hands to themselves, why they should not be sexually assaulting, disrespecting, degrading women. So I look at this and that's how I have to start. It starts with me teaching my son and it starts with me continue to live that example. It starts with me continue to be an ally, to listen to Amber, to listen to all of our friends who have spoken up about things that's happened to them or things that they know may happen to them. It takes us to check people when things happen. So that's my final thoughts. Amber, you have final thoughts? Um, just be better. Just be better. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And that's it. And these conversations are going to continue, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Happy Juneteenth. We celebrate this great holiday that America has finally decided to recognize. Um, it's a day where the rest of the world was uh, informed. I should say, I guess it was Texas. Glenn got the history. I see him waiting to correct me. But from what I understand and read, that it was when Texas finally found out that uh, slaves were free. Is yeah. that correct? Did I say it right? Yeah, that is, that is correct. In 1865, <laughs> Texas found out. So 155 years and now companies are finally starting to give people time off. Or some companies are half a day off. Um, you know, this is the holiday I celebrate. The 4th of July is just a day off to me. You know, I'll take advantage of the sales, but I ain't waving that flag. But um, I say that to say I'm going on vacation, so there will not be a show next week. So you're going to have plenty of time to digest this one. Share this with your friends. Let the people know. Keep these conversations going because it's really important. We're not going nowhere. We just really getting started, to be honest with you. And, you know, if you want to get on the show, hit up Amber Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> yep. Your booking manager. <laughs> I'll send you my bill. Yeah. You know, y'all hit up her. Y'all slide her. Don't be disrespectful. But y'all slide her DMs. And, and, and just in case you want to be disrespectful, I kind of see them and I will check you at the door and then I will out you. So <laughs> that's what happens when, you know, social media manager <laughs> for uh, talent. But until the next time, folks, Brian H. Waters, subscribe down below to the wrestling realm and share with your friends. So long, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.